What's up, bitches? I'm Gaia. And I'm Mita. And this is Bitch Why. Our podcast where we talk about all the things we like and dislike and why anyone would make them. We are two artsy bitches. Just, you know, talking about what makes art good, what makes it bad, how we want to talk about it, why we want to talk about it. This episode is so special. Ah! Gaia and I are here in person. This is the first time we've been in the same room in a year. And we're recording an episode. (laughs) This is so good. I'm like, what if we cried? We might cry. It's what we deserve. So what are you studying on this week, my good friend? My good physically present friend. (laughs) present friend. I'm snacking on all of the weird coincidences that happened last Friday. Prince Philip died. (laughs) But he died on Christian Stewart's birthday. And she's an Aries. Um, We love Aries. And she's filming that Princess Diana movie. And also that was the day we dropped our last Twilight episode. I don't know. I felt like the stars were like weirdly alive. I think Christian Stewart killed Prince Philip. (laughs) Kristen Stewart and I will not be of, elaborating. And the spirit of Princess Diana. <laughs> when you said weird coincidences, I thought you were going to talk about the weird coincidences of me entering your apartment. Oh my god, when Gaia entered my apartment, two songs played. One was Deja Vu by Olivia Rodrigo, and the second was Montero. Like, immediately. It was great. It was so good. What are you snacking on? I truly drove 12 hours and then entered, and Olivia assaulted me. Um, I'm. You know, this is not a recent snag, but I feel like it is time that I bring it to the public eye, which is that (laughs) I want to bring back 21 Pilots, but just car radio. That is a really good song. I really like the line in car radio. I was listening to it. You know the line in car radio that's like, I liked it better when my car had sound. Yeah. I like sang that with the song and I experienced it a strong emotion. And I think we should bring that emotion back. 21 Pilots, I... I dated a guy who was, like, obsessed with 21 Pilots. So now whenever I listen to 21 Pilots, if I choose to, I, like, I don't know, I think of him and I'm like, oh, God. No, we have to redeem it. We have have to to reclaim reclaim it. it. Because, like, some of their songs are actually, like, really, really good. I know that I feel feel like TikTok is trying to bring back 21 Pilots. There's, like, what's the one about, like, where you're, like, avoiding potholes in the road because someone's sleeping in the backseat? I feel like that is an image. I think that's hot. That's sexy. Tear in my heart. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Anyway. Oh my. Um, speaking of a generational gap. Speaking of generational change of, <laughs> of, of the way time brings us forward <laughs> and together. Hey, young bitches, new bitches, old bitches, and friend bitches. This episode and all of our episodes are made up of four parts. Bitch what? which is where we talk about what we're talking about. Bitch how, which is where we talk about how the thing talks about the things it talks about. Bitch time, (laughs) where we don't necessarily speak so much as we emit sounds. Sounds. So so much as we exude, expel. Emote. Yeah, listen to it and you'll understand. (laughs) Um, And finally, bitch why, which is where we talk about the implications, why everything matters. And the bitch meter, which is our little diversity score meter that we learned math just to give you I had coffee with someone who was in my AP stats class in high school and she she listens to bitch why and she was talking about how she always gets offended at that part because she knows I can do harder math than that (laughs) 
And what I love that she, she's like, I want you to give yourself credit. Well, the thing is, what she doesn't account for is how art school has been rotting my brain for the past couple of years. Yeah, like if you ask me to do some multiplication, like I'm not gonna lie, like it might take me a second. I was working at the farm store and I like flubbed long edition on long paper. Long division. No, edition. Oh, really? Long edition. Wow. On paper. I was like, that can't be right. It has no, to be division. No, it's right. It's what I said. I said what I said. I'm sorry for invalidating. I, I don't know how to do long division anymore. <laughs> I was like, that can't be right. It has to be division. I am so sorry. I have legitimately built someone a house. I cannot do long edition. I used to be an AP Calc BC. Yeah, that's fucked up for you. And I am this now. So, what are Should we... we move into bitch what? Yes, it's time for bitch what? Bitch, what are we talking about this week? Okay, we know that we said we were done with Twilight. We literally explicitly <laughs> said in the last episode, Gaia, don't worry. You will not have to listen to any, any Twilight, Twilight content, content on your next drive. <laughs> but that was an omen. We, 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 we jinxed ourselves. We did. We shouldn't have ever said we anything. We shouldn't have said that. This week we're reviewing Life and Death. Which is for, like also known as Twilight Reimagined, which is also known as Gender Bent Twilight. Written by Stephanie Meyer. So I was talking about this to a couple people on my road trip and my pre-road trip, and everyone was like, is this fan fiction? And I was like, no, Stephanie Meyer. For the 10th anniversary of Twilight, she's gonna do Midnight Sun, and then she was stressed out because what's her name? E.L. James released Grey at mm-hmm. like near the 10 year anniversary. So she just whipped out so life and like, death. I don't want to work on Midnight Sun. It's too triggering for me. So then she just was like, well, I guess I'll just command F <laughs> all these names. She <laughs> forgot to make it misogynistic. That's why it's good. She didn't have time. She just went command F. I'm going to change all these names. Speaking of, we're going to do a little game with Cameron where we make Cameron guess what the gender bent names are and then get his reaction to what they actually are. Okay, I know like two. Okay. Maybe. Okay. Maybe. Which ones do you know? Bo was what? Bella? Yeah. Just Bo. Bo. Do you know what it act like full name? Uh Bo Burnham. I don't know. Beaufort. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Bo what Beaufort? Yeah. Both with a T? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well that's fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Do you know what Edwards is? Oh my god, this is my favorite. Edward is now a girl. Ellie. Edith. No, Edith. but it's not just Edith. Edith with a Y. E D Y T H E. Oh, not the E at the end. <laughs> okay, what do you think Jacob is? J um Jasmine. Julie. But she oh, was by Jules. Sense. She was by Jules. Oh, okay. Maybe I liked that I one. I like that one. I, I thought it was cute. All right. Carlisle. <gasps> Carlisle, first of all, is not a name. Um, <laughs> that's a name. That's not a name. Wait, uh, there's a someone off, called Carl. Maybe Carly or like... <laughs> Carly? He's when from the 1630s. 16... It's Corrine. Corrine, Corrine. Mm. The audience pronounces it Corrine, but I've only ever heard it as Corrine. Corrine. It makes sense. Um, okay. He's like French. Yeah. Okay. Esme. 
Esme was a girl, correct? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's Carlisle's wife. So then, what, what if she did Edward? That'd be iconic. That would that would have been interesting. Kind of. Confusing. She should have. Ernest. 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 I couldn't think of another E it name. It was such a nice, like, gay dad name. It is a good gay That's dad. That's a good name. name. And okay. he is like their gay dad. Yeah. Okay, Alice. Alex? No. Um, it was right there and Steph actually, said, I can't. Really? Like, these are so obvious. Right, girl. but you also like the time periods they were born yeah. in. Yeah. Okay, so. I thought of a bunch of different ones that the, she should have used for Edward. Andrew? Archie. Archie. Which oh, is actually oh, my Archie. favorite. That was the other one I knew, Archie. Oh, because I, I thought you said cute. that Yes, last but I just week. didn't know yeah. which one it correlated to. Archie um, is such a, I think it's so cute. That's a cute name. Emmett. Another E girl name? Are you kidding me? <laughs> How many E names? I feel like Stephanie real. Byer really likes Eden. Eden or like, um... Oh, Eden would have been I'm nice. gonna say right now, Emily was right there. Emily is right Emily, there. Emily, but she did Eleanor. Okay, okay. Emily Eleanor. was right there. I'm, I, I can't talk about it any longer. <laughs> All of these names are right in front of her, and she said, no. She said, thesaurus.com. She said, I'm not like violence. other girls. I just make these names fucking. She said, baby names from okay. 1600. Rosalie. This Ryan. Royal. His name is Royal. I don't even think that's a name or was a name. I don't, even I like, just don't like it. I don't like it. It feels like a fan fiction name. It feels like a 2015 name and not a 1920s name, but that's just me. Jasper. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so Jasper is a guy. Yeah, and so that's now. a girl. Jesse. Jessamine. Jessamine. <laughs> Jessamine. <laughs> Jessamine. <laughs> oh, Don't man. talk to her, Jessamine. <laughs> I will say, okay, Jessamine reminds me a couple of my. I had some Edward alternatives to Edith. Emmeline. Oh, that's sexy. Sweet. It's a Evelyn. Sexy. Evelyn is I like really. Evelyn. I love Evelyn. I mean, and this was before the 12 and a half, the seven deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle, the seven wives of oh, husbands. Seven husbands of Evelyn Hugo. The rest are like pretty forgettable. Jessica to Jeremy, Billy to Bonnie, Angela, Allen, Mike, Michaela, Charlie, Tyler, and... So Charlie and Renee stay the same because Stephanie Meyer was like, it would have been really hard for a man to get custody of an infant child. I'm glad because we weren't 90s. robbed of Charlie. Yeah. And he's a character. I actually love Charlie. Except for the inherent, he is a cop. A cab. That being said, I do stand um, Charlie. That's a big galaxy brain moment of Stephanie Meyer to be like, actually, I'm this is unrealistic in my in my book about vampires and werewolves. What's unrealistic is that a man would get custody of his baby. Weirdly, my least favorite is Laurent to Lauren. Lauren. Boring. Because boring. He's French he's and he's French got the and panache. Sexy and like, honestly, you could have stuck with Laurent. And that would have been like a sexy girl name. Yeah. Yeah. I would like right. to be named Laurent. So that's not all that I have any girl alignment, but Woods, we don't we don't need to explain this. It's just imagine you picked up Twilight and the pronouns were different. No, the only big difference is in this book, Beaufort, Beaufort. becomes a vampire at the end. <laughs> oh right. Beaufort becomes a vampire at the end, and we'll talk about all of the implications of that. Actually, Stephanie Meyer wanted Twilight to be a one book and was like, I'm just left it ambiguous at the end of like, you never know if Bella does become a vampire. But then people really wanted to know what would have happened had she been turned in that like begin in the first book. So then like Twilight reimagined was just another way for her to be like, this is how I would have ended it if I got to end it at the first book. It's time for Bitch How. Yay. Great.
I'm, I'm gonna come out and say it. It's time for bitch how, and I'm and I am a Twilight stand now because of life and death. Okay, here's this is the best thing that's happened this week is that I in in a two day time span turned both you and my roommate Beanie into Twilight stands. Honestly, and I, my power, <laughs> the power that that has. I, you know, I kind of went into it thinking I was gonna like it because the himbo energy. I knew I wouldn't hate it the way I like violently hated Midnight Sun. <laughs> okay, but here's the thing, like here's the shitty thing is like you and I have consumed in a very short amount of time four different versions of the first Twilight book. I know. Because we read Twilight, we watched the first movie, we read Midnight Sun, and then we read this. And you know, one thing that must be said is Stephanie Meyer has a pacing problem. Yes, she does not the know how to pace. First three quarters of this story is all like pining and talking about vampires. And then in the last one quarter, all the action happens and you feel like you're watching slash reading a completely different thing. I mean, there's the just so half. much of like whatever Bedward, Bedward, Bedward and Ella, <laughs> whatever whatever their names are, what in Beaufort whatever iteration, and Edith and Edward and Bella, Bedward no. and Ella. No, it, it's it's Edith. <laughs> Edith and it works because it would have been a gender bed. <laughs> she's she's <laughs> Stephanie Meyer got so lazy. She's like, I don't know, bed Bedward. <laughs> Stephanie Meyer should have done Bedward and Ella. I'm so mad at her now. But um, Bedward is slightly worse, but not by much than Bo not Bird. a lot. He could have gone by Bed. Who was up, Bed? Betty. Anyway, you you all have listened to me talk about romance novels a lot now. You know how I feel about like when you have that kind of opportunity to get the have the characters get to know each other. Yeah. And then you waste it on them gazing at each other from across the room. They haven't even spoken yet. Yeah. Let them have a fucking conversation. It's very weird. It's very weird. Because the pacing is so fucked up, you imagine Bedward and Ella <laughs> are like, like they've known each other for a while because you've spent so long in the book that you're like, oh yeah, they it's must. It's really only been like three it's days. Been a, it's been like three days. Well, it's like a month of nothing. So I, I was doing the timeline while I was oh in the car God. today. Because... <laughs> They go on mushroom ravioli date, mm -hmm. I think on a Wednesday. Yeah. On a Thursday, Bo or Ella, Bella <laughs> is allowed to ask questions of Edith. Oh, right. On the Friday, then they Edith is allowed to, to ask questions, questions about Beaufort. Bella. <laughs> on Friday, instead of going to Seattle, they go to the meadow. Yeah. Yeah. On Sunday, it's, it's meet, meet the, the parents. parents and baseball. And baseball. In the movie, those are two different days, which and makes then, you feel better a little bit. And then at baseball, they go from baseball, baseball to, to the scene, yeah. which my favorite, least favorite scene in Twilight <laughs> is the scene between whatever Bella and Charlie. I think it's such a great scene. Like, I love how they get each other, but they also don't understand each other. I like, like that they both have terrible communication. Yeah. But like, still... Like, they Are, find yeah. a way to communicate with each other in yeah. a way that's, like, non-traditional, but you can still tell they care about each other. Yeah. And it's beautiful. And then the scene at the end between Charlie and Bella where she's like, I hate forks and I'm leaving. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to end up like mom. Is so yeah. 
big ouchie. Heartbreaking every time. It's more heartbreaking in this book. And I actually was bummed that we didn't get a Charlie reconciliation. Right. So I want to talk about that in a second. But like, you know how in Harry Potter, like surrounding the kids with like really great British actors probably made them better. I feel like Billy Burke really like elevates those scenes with Kristen Stewart in the movies. Cause yeah. like they're some of the best acted ones. Like anytime they're together, like it's fantastic. Yeah. Charlie is just like- Charlie's great. You can't help but love him. And also like in terms of what highly personal realization did I have while reading this Twilight <laughs> novel? One thing that felt more stark in this book is the way Bo is learning how him taking care of his mother for his whole life affected him mm -hmm. in going into his relationship with his father and like learning how to be a son instead of a parent. Yeah. That resonated with me a lot. And, and I think part of the reason is because in Twilight, Stephanie, Stephanie really idolizes maternal instinct as mm -hmm. an admirable trait in women. And so I don't think Bella gets to grapple as much with the fact that she is a parent because that's part of what makes her sexy is that to yeah to like edward and all of the men in her life like that about her yeah that she is that versus like beau it's not a traditional thing for him to be that way and i i also like felt that anything that had to do with like how he grew up like in like a lower income household having a single mom like for some reason <laughs> Because it wasn't Bella and it was Bo, those themes were just stronger. It's like the exact same stuff. Like Bella says all the same stuff that Bo does. But I think it's just interesting that like Bo talking about how he never like got to have like a childhood and like had to start working from a young age and like all of those other things were just, I, yeah, they're just more palpable. So I kind of came in strong being like, I loved this book and I made it kind of sound like I was joking about loving this book, but I actually <laughs> did love this book. I think this book revealed a lot of the misogyny that is baked into the story of Twilight. So mm -hmm. like what we talked about with Stephanie being really into maternal instinct and self-sacrificialness yeah. as like the things that make being a woman valuable. Mm -hmm. And by doing the binary gender swap, every single trait that in one character is seen as like a traditional, like fitting the mold of is, what Stephanie Meyer believes women and men should have to be abide by, yeah. Is then becomes this subversive and refreshing take on romance. Like Bo being kind of a shy dude who doesn't get along with other dudes but tries mm -hmm. and loves books and is really bad at sports but not yeah. like feeling weird in his masculinity his friendship with Archie is like so exciting to me yeah like, it's it, yeah and and well something that I think the Cullen family has always demonstrated is like a fierce loyalty to one another but something about it I don't know I, may, maybe it's because I like just grew up with the series I took a lot of things for granted to see it like flipped like that makes these relationships feel like refreshing and different. Something that I really felt a lot during Twilight that I chafed against and I don't know if I really realized it until I listened to this and started like kind of mulling over why I liked it so much better mm -hmm. was this kind of idea of in Twilight, Ed Edward is a predator and Bella is prey. In a lot of ways, like that feels like what 
the binary dating market is like. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like when I meet a cis man who like I'm considering dating or not considering dating, I do see him kind of as a predator before I see him yes. as like someone who I can trust. Like, or like an equal, yeah. Or an equal or anything. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel comfortable reading a book where Bella was always being pursued. And maybe mm-hmm. this is because I read Midnight Sun more recently than I've read Twilight and I'm yeah. about equally familiar with them. So I really yeah. got into Edward's psyche. But here's the thing is that this all probably what is happening in Edith's psyche as well. Because they do all the same stuff. Some of the behavior Edith exhibits is also abusive. <laughs> I think it's because, like, the inherent power imbalance mm-hmm. between men and women and the way women are socialized to be meek, it makes those traits feel uncomfortable. So, like, having yeah. Bella be like, oh, I don't care if I hurt you, if you hurt me, yeah. is so common and so like I feel like it's kind of universal I feel like that's how you go into a relationship with a man a lot of what Edith slash Edward does is still abusive it's hard to like say just because the genders are switched that it's like not that it's okay but like it's interesting to me that like for us it feels more comfortable even though all those same things are at play but with Edward it's seen as like manipulative and predatory but with Edith it's like oh she's dealing with something you know what I mean yeah even though it's the exact same stuff I guess you know I we we're working through this so I just drove from for 12 hours to get here while listening to this book and this Mm -hmm. whole drive I've been thinking why do I like this so much better what is inherently different about it and I think Partially, it is, like, just how refreshing it is to read Mm -hmm. a dude who is humble like that and a girl who is, like, strong and in control like that. Like, having Edith be the person in power in their relationship, being the person that's driving their relationship. Well, that's why it's so refreshing when Bella finally gets to be a vampire and then they are equals. We'd rather see them be equal or we'd see the female being the one who has the power because it's so... quote-unquote traditional and normal to see it the other way around that it like feels oppressive this is gonna sound dumb it's It's almost like an affirmative action thing (laughs) (laughs) like where in order to put Mm. the woman in the relationship on the same level as the man in the relationship you have to start her at a higher level I see. Starting them as equals is great, but that kind of ignores like the inherent power imbalance that right. comes from being socialized as a cis woman versus being socialized as a cis man. And so coming into the relationship with Edith being someone who is like making a lot of calls about sex and about whether or not they should have a relationship at all and go I like for that it really she, like, is explicit about the sex too. Yes. In Twilight it's like flowery words and she's like, Are you talking about sex Bo? Do you want to talk about sex? We can talk about sex. I'm wondering, did Edith feel inherently less dangerous than Edward to you? She did. She also felt that way for me. I even though she she holds the same amount of power. I do think there was a couple times where I was like, she is notably more polite. One thing that I randomly am remembering is like the science room scene where she looks at the sides first and she's like, do you want to look at them? Versus the science room scene in Twilight is Edward looking at them and then Bella being like, can I look at them? Yeah. I mean, Stephanie really, there's some moments where Stephanie Meyer likes to like implement her thoughts about what's going on and because the genders are swapped, like 
um, the piggyback scene where they yeah. have a explicit conversation where Bo's like, I look like a gorilla on your bag. Like, I look so weird. I feel weird doing this. And Edith is like, shut up. Like, it's fine. I'm way stronger than you. And then Bo being like, it's kind of hot that she's stronger than me. See, and stuff like that is so exciting to read mm-hmm. about because, because in order for the narrative of Twilight to work with the binary gender swap, you have to acknowledge that and then subvert it intentionally. Yeah. And that's sexy. In order to maintain the status quo, Stephanie Meyer said, where she's like, vampires can't have sex with humans because they're too strong. Right. Edith has to then explicitly talk about sex. Yeah. And having a woman mm. in a relationship with a cis man talk about sex so explicitly like that is seems subversive. Corinne? Yeah, Corinne. Has to talk about like how she came about becoming a vampire and like what that was for her because she was a woman in the 1600s and wanted to be a doctor and like she was a surgeon and so like all of those like they all have to be explained as to like how they all got to like the points in their lives where they intersected and like inherently there are feminist themes in that like Corinne is a surgeon in the 1600s and And also educated in her time and all that. Corinne being a surgeon and Ernest is a stay-at-home dad. A stay-at-home dad, yeah. The power that that holds. Like, literally. And then then I think that, like, I'm really, I love Bella and Charlie and their, like, father-daughter dynamic because I think that you don't see a lot of, like, Single dad. Single dad and daughter. And like that, what that is like in a realistic way, other than like, I have daddy issues because we hate women. (laughs) Society hates women. Society do be hating women. Society hates women. And so I think that that's a really realistic depiction. I like that it's like really subtle the changes that Stephanie Meyer makes with Bo and Charlie to like, for gender to like make sense in their dynamic, but I really like their dynamic as well. There were so many little things throughout this book that stayed the same that I was kind of expecting her to change where I was like, I'm so glad she didn't change that. Yeah. Like Bo cooks for Charlie every yeah. night. That's so lovely. Oh my God. He was like cleaning up the cleaning supplies and he was arranging in them alphabetical in alphabetical order. order. I think that Bella did that too, but it's just different when it's the genders are swapped. I think something that was interesting is that, like, in this last week, you and my roommate both, like, fell in love with Twilight. But with Beanie, what they were, like, gravitating towards was, like, well, one, they needed, like, a couple weeks away, like, in between movies. And then finally they were, like, I want to watch Eclipse. And then we watched Eclipse and they were, like, I love this. (laughs) And I think what they were really gravitating towards, and they said this while we were watching it yesterday, was, like, wow, I miss that feeling of when you were in high school and you and someone were, like, mutually obsessed with each other. And this must have been so nice to watch as, like, a 13-year-old that just wanted to be loved so intensely. I felt more of that mutual obsession in Twilight Reimagined, more so because, like, when I guess we also feel a little bit jaded by Midnight Sun and how, like, icky it felt to read that. So then this was, like so obsessed with each other and like that's not a thing that I crave anymore in a relationship but when you're like 14 that's like also nice like thinking about the way Bo obsesses over Edith versus the way Edward obsesses over Bella Bo is so much more respectful of her boundaries Mm -hmm. cognizant of like what she wants, yeah. willing to 
take or leave whatever she wants him to take or leave. Yeah. Bo is kind of like the the way you want all your cis men to be in their head. Like, <laughs> yeah. all respectful and shit. Yeah. Like, he loves her a lot, but he doesn't have a claim on her. He's very much like she is her... Well, that's just... I mean, Bella loves Edward a lot, but also doesn't have a claim on yeah, him. Yeah, versus... But it's, somehow it is just subversive when it's a dude. Yeah, and I guess... I think that a problem with the way men are socialized is I've noticed a tendency to project what they think you're feeling mm-hmm. onto you. And then make decisions about you based and what on, you need based on their projections. And in Midnight Sun, that was like the premise of Midnight Sun. It is also the premise of Lolita. It's also the premise of Lolita. Um... <laughs> Versus Bo's whole thing, which is like, I will never presume how Edith feels. I will only take what she tells me to be true. Yeah. I just think that Bo caring a lot about explicit consent. And I don't want this to come off as me saying Edith, it's okay when Edith does things that Edward does because she's a woman. Like, I... Yeah. It reminds me of when people are like, wow, we need more female serial killers. <laughs> like, yeah, and it's like... Right, and it's like... It's no, like no. Eileen Wuornos is right there. Yeah, they're like, okay, but like, can I get it with like women? Like, <laughs> that's not exactly what we're saying, I think, but, but th- there are different themes that are highlighted through this gender bending while also holding the truth that there's a lot of behaviors, whether exhibited by a man or a woman whether by Edward or Edith, are still abusive and toxic. But rarely in media do we see it coming from the the woman's perspective. Yeah. Yeah. So so what I was going to say was that, like, I think it's refreshing in media to see a woman who's allowed to so candidly pursue a man and be the person who is, like, making Making the moves. Yeah. In... Twilight, the entire premise of Twilight relies on Bella being a passive player. Yeah. So, well, because she is a human. Yes. So then when you change who is the vampire and who is the human, all of those things So, like, her change. stalking him and shit, that sucks. Like, And, and she does <laughs> a lot of the, like, putting words into his mouth thing that I don't like, and mm-hmm. also the amount of strength and balance in Twilight. Yeah, like, there's a lot of power imbalance that I dislike, but... Just the fact that Edith gets to be calling the shots in their relationship. The girl never gets to call the shots. It's always kind of like Mm -hmm. she's following his lead. Right. Like, even in Twilight, the whole, like, thing where it's a girl's choice dance, but all the dudes are asking Bella out. Oh, my God. They're so stupid. I hate when they do that to her. Even when Stephanie Meyer explicitly writes into the narrative that the girls are supposed to have the choice and yeah. the like agency in the relationship, she still, still can't write that in. Yeah. In that she's trying to like explain that like Bella is so enticing not only to vampires but also to humans, so much so that people break boundaries, even something yeah. as small as this dance, to to pursue her. And I think even Bella is like, why? I am just a person. <laughs> like, yeah. there's really nothing all that exciting about me. I don't get why this is happening. But when you're like a 13 year old 
and a female presenting body, you want to be, like, for some reason, you want that, like, male validation. Yeah. Right? So, like, even when men are self-insert characters, they get a different kind of... Harry Potter is less of a self-insert than Bella simply because he is a man. Yeah. But even, even though they serve the same purpose of, like, Harry is a conduit for you experiencing the wizarding world. Yeah. Bella is a conduit for you experiencing vampires and werewolves. But because Bo is a man, there's something that our brains do where we automatically give men more of a benefit of the doubt than we do women. Yeah. And give men more of a personality than women. There was also kind of like a gender thing at play where I was like, do I relate to Bo more because I relate to being masculine more than I relate Mm -hmm. to being feminine? Do I relate to Bo more because he's so comfortable in gender, in his nonconformity? And I actually think that was a cool thing throughout the book where it's like none of the characters conform very well to gendered standards because they're literally literally swapped. swapped. Yeah. Um, But nobody is insecure about that. Yeah. Like um, Eleanor. It's like funny. Yeah. And then they get over it really quickly. Yeah, Yeah. Like. Eleanor is super strong and buff. Yeah. She's so strong. She's but like so hot. <laughs> she's never like, oh, I can't be feminine because of that. Like this yeah. Whereas like I feel like so often when someone is subverting, it takes over them. Yeah, I feel like Stephanie Meyer kind of accidentally wrote a really cool feminist vampire also a very cool accidentally wrote like a very queer yeah like i think the whole concept of not fitting your gender ideal but being cool with that is so queer it is and and also like that none of their personality traits change between genders so that like archie slash alice keeps this kind of pixie esque air about them and like no one questions like physique i don't know i just i love archie i think archie is so exciting i love archie i I love love alice Alice. and then they're just allowed to be that way and no one's like oh archie's kind of feminine like no one cares or like ernest is allowed to be a stay-at-home dad yeah who's like defining characteristic is how much he like yearns for a family yeah it was just so refreshing. And to... the found family thing of the Cullens, which is already something that existed, feels more intense. Yeah. We don't talk a lot about audiobook as a form, but the narrator of this book is very charismatic. I really liked the narrator for this one. He was yeah. so charismatic. Beaufort had vibes to me of like a Percy Jackson type of like sarcastic and a little goofy and but weird. Here's the, thing. here's the thing though. Most of those are Bella's words. So it's... It's like, is it kind of sad that it, like, we only recognize that, like... it's like, only endearing? Yeah. I think one of the things that I found frustrating about Bella is that Bella kind of, like, separates herself from girls for having these characteristics. Yeah. And is, like... When she's still pretty much conforming to a lot of, like, yeah, gender roles. Like, but the reason she feels so disconnected from girls her age is because she grew up having to take care of her mom. Like, yeah. that's exactly what Bo says, too. No, but it's like, 
it's so absurd that a girl would like to read and that's such and a be introverted. Of that genre, though. Yeah, where the girls are like, I love Wuthering Heights. But the but, fact yeah. that Bo is just like implicitly allowed to act that way, in a way that yeah. so like a lot of in girls a way that are, Bella wasn't because that's not what Stephanie Meyer yeah. could give. If Stephanie Meyer could give Bella the same treatment as Bo as a writer. Bella would feel better, like, as a person, but it's sad to me that, like, Bella is all those things as Bo is, and Edward is all the things as Edith is, but, like, when you switch it, somehow we have better versions of those characters. I also feel like Bella spends so much time angsting over how different she is and how awful it is to be her and, like, how... Yeah. How she's just but not like other girls. Girl, no, no, I understand yeah. that. But then when you translate it onto Bo, he's self-deprecating, but he doesn't ever, he doesn't spend a lot of time like, be, I don't know. I feel like there's less angst. There's less, the book is also shorter. Um, it's more condensed. And Bo, even though Bo, like in the book, they talk a lot where they're like, Bo's like, I'm not comfortable with myself. And when I look at myself in the mirror, I don't feel comfortable. Bo feels more comfortable in himself than Bella did. Mm-hmm. I think it was frustratingly alienating to see Bella be like, I'm so different from other girls because I dress mask and I like to read. <laughs> when that's something that so many girls like. I agree that a lot of the reason I like Bo better is like an internalized misogyny thing. And yeah. also Stephanie Meyer's misogyny in writing right. Bella versus Bo. I also think... Oh, I mean, it's all Stephanie Meyer's writing. Like, the yeah. way Stephanie Meyer doesn't allow... But I think both allow... of those things can be true. Yeah. Is that, like, Stephanie Meyer was able to do more with Bo, one, because it had been ten years, and also because if she's going to gender swap everybody, like, the possibilities of, like, what those genders are capable of changes, and, like, how their personified changes. And also, it could be that we do like Bo a little bit more, and we like Edith a little bit more because of internalized misogyny. Like, it's like, both of those things exist. Yes, I also yeah. think that <laughs> Bo is everything I want in a man and Edith is everything I, I want, want in a, a woman. woman. Right. It was funny to watch you and Beanie fall in love with Twilight in two, like, different ways versus, like, how I fell in love with it, like, 15 years ago. <laughs> the way I fell into it was because I was a 13-year-old girl and, like, I was in that exact demographic and, like, the changes that had to be made for, like, people to like it now. I just think it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. There are a lot of reasons why the gender subversion just makes me like everyone better. Yeah. But I do think going from Midnight Sun to Life and Death I agree. really yeah. puts into contrast how much better of a person Bo is than Edward. Yeah, I think it's interesting that you, like, you're focusing on the two men who have, like, very different power dynamics. Yeah, instead of being, like, Edward and Edith, Bella and Bo. Bo. But I do think comparing Bella and Edith and Edward and Bo is also a comparison that we must make. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, I think they're they're just, because that's the gender role that that they would be compared with each other for. I think it's something that like oh wait do you want to talk about the? it's just like a little thing i don't yeah. even know how to bring it up at this point because we're we so deep into the conversation why. well but it seems kind of too serious for bitch why where it's like they change the beating up scene to be them thinking he's a cop because like having him be stalked by a rapist is unbelievable yeah 
that's it here. That's it. Doesn't really fit in the conversation. No, it doesn't. I just think that that's weird. Could very easily just have been mugged. I don't know why they have to be people that he thought he saw earlier. Why is the point of that? Couldn't he just get jumped? I also there was a moment where like one of the big things I think in Rosalie's narrative is that she was sexually assaulted by her husband. Mm -hmm. Um, This one is that Royals. Fiance had a secret lover who who, then killed him. Yeah. Unfortunately, they're also dealing with, like, whatever time period they were in. Yeah. Which is why, like, Rosalie had that story. And I wonder, like, what could have... Also, Jessamine was... Obviously, now she's not a Confederate soldier, wasn't she? Loved that about her. Yeah, but she was, like, from the South. It was like like, she got turned and then she ended up being brought into an army. And it was kind of ambiguous. Yeah. But, but I was happy that we did. I'm happy that in life and death, Jessamine isn't a Confederate soldier explicitly, yeah. which means I'm going to choose to believe she's not. She's more like Scarlett O'Hara, like she was complicit because she just was of the South. But I don't even know if they explicitly mention no. she's from the South. I so, really? Oh, I don't remember. So that I'm choosing to just, just disregard. There's nothing it's about. It's been cut. <laughs> we just cut the whole Civil War fucking like we did. Line. What do we need it? Did we need it? I also, this is like one last little tidbit for bitch how, but um, it's the fact that in the original Twilight, all of the action is driven by men. Therefore, in this Twilight, all of the action is driven driven by by women. women. It's time for the bitch. I feel like... Time for bitch time. It's where we don't have to be oh. smart. We just get to have fun. And go. Strong bisexual emanation coming from Beaufort Swan. And Edith and Archie. Everyone in this is bi for bi. So I know I it's because, <laughs> I know it's because Carlisle and Edward are men in the original books, but literally Corinne and Edith Peg. <laughs> they <laughs> peg. Um... I mean, obviously, like, Archie and, um, uh, what's her name? Jessamine, they're still verse. Um, I don't know. Royal might top, but I still feel like, no, they're verse. They must be verse. No, they're all, yeah. Uh... Uh, Lady Volturi, the explanation for, like, Arrow was murdered by his... I don't know. I just thought that was so silly. Minds me of a line from <laughs> just, Richard II. Like, can you just... The, the hoops Miss Meyer jumped through for this. Stephanie said. <laughs> gender bend. Stephanie said the gender's bending. The gender's bending, and here's how I feel about that as a Mormon woman. Honestly... I just thought everyone was neat. I would love, I think what I want from this book is I want this to replace Twilight, except for I want Emmett to somehow be in this. Yeah, I I was saying I really missed Emmett. That was it. I really missed Emmett because Emmett is the most feminist part about Twilight because he's a himbo. (laughs) Because he's a himbo. Like, Emmett, I love Emmett. I I miss him so... I did miss him. And, like, Eleanor was cool because she's big muscle himbo lady. But, but Emmett. But Emmett. with his bag of eggs. <laughs> He's so good. <laughs> I missed him. He's good. I want Emmett to wrap me in his arms. Emmett would be so cuddly. I like, I love Emmett and Bella's um, dynamic. You know something I was thinking about a lot during this? 
cuddling with a cold person would suck. Yeah, I re- I remember thinking about that a lot. I was like, ew. That's One cold. fun thing about cuddling, and maybe this is because my most recent cuddling experience involved a heatless cabin in Maine in November. Uh-huh. But when someone else's like hands or nose or something is cold and then you warm it you up. Warm it up for them. Is peak. Yeah. Peak peak everything there was like something interesting when we were rewatching eclipse last night when bella was like are you still gonna love me if i'm not warm and uh, human and i was like oh sad oh there wasn't there's a cool thing in twilight where where bella's like mm, i kind of want to be with jacob because he's warm and like that feels so emblematic when does of she the, say that in the books she never says that in the i books. think it's got it must be in the books in Eclipse? No, I think it might be in... Yeah, it might be in Eclipse. The movies really played up the love triangle, whereas in the books there, like, never is Yeah, one. there's not really Like, it's one. pretty settled by New Moon that, like, Bella's like, mm, no. <laughs> sorry. She's like, ah! Mm. Um, sorry, no. That's Oop. not what I want. She said, oh. Also, it's Bitch Why. It's time for Bitch Why. I think it's interesting had we gotten to see Jules be more like in a love triangle situation, what it would be like to see two women going for this like very sweet, like loving man. Yeah, it did feel like a lot of Jacob and Edward's relationship was like masculine posturing, like who can Mm -hmm. protect Bella harder. Yeah, Yeah. like Bo does need protecting if vampires are always going to be around and presumably if this story kept going, like Victor (laughs) would go after him. But because um, everything's automatically subverted, Mm -hmm. I don't mind having a man be protected all the time because you never see that. I think there's something interesting in this book where they talk about, like, no matter what, this would have always ended up this way. It would have just been delayed. They were just like, this would have been it no matter what. Like, they even, like, it's basically Stephanie Meyer saying, none of my books were necessary after Twilight. (laughs) No matter what I would have done, they would have ended up together. Yeah, that was Um, a weird thing about Midnight Sun where, like, Edward was really fixated on the vision of Bella who had aged. And, like, really wanted to he make will, that happen. Well, Edith says it, too. Which is kind yeah. of gets into a Lolita territory where Bo is like, it would have been weird if people thought I was your grandfather. And Edith is like, I would have married you anyway. And I'm like, is that supposed to be romantic? <laughs> I don't think it is. I don't really know what impact this had. I don't really know anybody talking about... Most people thought I was reading fan fiction. fiction. I think the fact that nobody's talking about this is a tragedy. Oh, <laughs> Bo says, you and me being together while I look like a grandpa is a really, really horrible idea. I think it's funny that Stephanie Meyer is then like, Edward's an idiot. I did like <laughs> I did like having them talk through this where he was like, that never would have worked. Why would you think Why that would work? Why would you work? think that? Worse, it was like, Bella never gets to say that. She yeah. never gets to say, it's gonna look stupid when I'm a grandma and you look 17 and, like, I just have to deal with your decision of that. Like, I guess it's interesting that Stephanie Meyer gets to comment on all the dumbass thoughts Edward had about the relationship also, like, with having, this gender-bent couple. I kind of liked that they had that conversation because I liked that 
Bo had a misconception, which was Edith didn't want to turn him because she wasn't committed to him. Oh, yeah. He brought that up, and Edith was like, no, that's not true. I didn't want to turn you because of this. And he was like, well, I disagree with that, and I'm glad you respected my decision. Yeah. That's the kind of relationship conversation, conversation that makes me nut. Yeah, like, it was a good conversation. Oh, I was saying something It before. is too bad that it happened after he was a vampire, and, like, him getting to be a vampire was not his choice. Yeah. So, like, that makes me sad. At least when Bella becomes a vampire, it's, like, fully her decision, and they had had two years' worth of conversations about her wanting to be a vampire, versus Bo kind of gets turned into one... A little bit. I do think it was like well. kind yeah. of the only way to make the narrative work. Yeah, I guess Otherwise so. people would have required more gender bent Twilight, which like right. feel free to feel write the rest like, of right, the series. More gender bent Twilight. But yeah, it just it just sucks because like I was kind of unclear in this book if Bo really wanted to be a vampire. Yeah. Like right now, at least Bella gets a another year and a half. She gets to graduate high school. They don't have to deal with like if she had been turned while she was still in high school, it would have been so weird. There's definitely more of a conversation about whether or not Renee and Charlie can keep being a part of her life. Life, yeah. Versus in this, they're just like, all right, let's just take care of it right now. Oh, he's dead. And it's like, tragic. They didn't have any conversation about it. Bo was just like, yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> like, um, what do you mean? All that being said, I would recommend this book over Twilight. I wish that I had read this book and not Twilight. But I think that, like, we had to go on this journey. Yeah. Of, like, doing all of them. And, like, reading slash watching four different versions. Yeah, I will say, like, this series. <laughs> reading the series concurrently to breaking up with someone. Um, <laughs> made me think about a lot what I am okay with in relationships. What I want out of a relationship. What mm. I think the romance genre needs. Um, I think it made me realize that I'm a romance writer. I love writing romance and I want to write better romance. I am not mad that I have experienced Twilight, especially I'm really glad that I like, I like experiencing it with you as like a diehard stan and Mm -hmm. like getting to know more about you and your like how you grew up and everything and like all that stuff. Like, like the friendship of it all, but also like. I am really glad I got to read it as an adult and as a critic and, Mm -hmm. like, get to dissect and unpack and, like, think about my relationship to these books because even though I didn't have a relationship to these books, I did have a relationship to them. My whole life I've had a relationship to Twilight before I read it. Yeah. Specifically, like, being someone who's on the outside of it and then was, like, not, like, a hater, probably, but being just like, oh, that's, like, a dumb thing. And I think, like... Yeah, it can be true that, like, Twilight is, like, got some bad things about relationships in it, but do I love it? Yeah. And is that okay? Yeah. I think, like, reading these books is an interesting exercise for anyone who wants to examine the way that media has impacted their relationship with relationships. I think Mm -hmm. Twilight is a very compact vessel for looking at that. I don't know if I would necessarily recommend it as just, like, pleasure reading. I know I didn't have fun reading a lot of this stuff. <laughs> and um, the movies are just and the movies a are fun. Phenomena. Like they're so fun yeah. to watch. I did love this as like a kaleidoscope lens on on relationships. I think it was very exciting for that. And 
I guess maybe like the only note would be like don't leave your critical thinking glasses at home. Right. I mean, you should never be leaving your critical thinking glasses at home. I we should we almost have like two bookshelves on this podcast. Mm. The you can watch it without your critical glasses bookshelf and the you have to put on your critical glasses bookshelf, yeah. which is we always talk about how it's important to criticize the stuff you love as much as you don't love, criticize low art mm. as much as you criticize high art. And there's some things that I feel like you can consume and not really always have to put your whole brain into it. Mm-hmm. And some things that I think if you don't put your brain into it, it can sneak some dangerous shit in there. And so yeah, I would just not leave your critical thinking glasses off. I would put them on and read Twilight and have a good time. Yeah. I'm wondering, though, like, we came down really hard on, on like, Bridgerton. Yeah. Um, for kind of a lot of these same things. And I think right now Bridgerton maybe kind of serves the same purpose as, like, Twilight did in terms of, like, the yearning and the, like, forbidden romance. Like, that kind of stuff Maybe now. the reason we disliked it in Bridgerton and were are not as mad at it in Twilight is because I... F- is because of what you were just saying of, like, I feel like we know better now. We know better now. Twilight is kind of a period piece. Twilight is literally a period Twilight piece. Twilight is literally, like, a period piece of the 2000s. I was talking to Redacted yeah. today, and he was like, I like period romances. Like, I don't know if I like a regular romance. And I'm like, it's well, Twilight is I have... <laughs> like me texting Redacted, like, Twilight is a period romance from 2005. Well, I mean, you have Axiom's End, which Lindsay Ellis wrote, and that is also, like, a period piece of the, like... 2000s. I haven't read it. Is it good? Oh, it's good. Like, Lindsay Ellis was talking about, like, how the 2000s, the early 2000s, like, are a period piece now. Twi- and because Twilight is filmed in the same way that, and framed in the same way as, like, High School Musical, like, it is of- High School Musical is a period piece. High School Musical is a period piece. Like, these, they, they feel so, like, they feel like a relic of what used to be, so therefore we can look at it and be like, well, clearly we don't think that way anymore. But then Bridgerton, there's some things that are the same that pop up still. Maybe there is a part of us that, like, yes, we can go and look at Twilight and be like, well, that's a thing of the past. I think we maybe need to figure out how to still be fine-tuning our critical thinking caps when it comes to stuff that's coming out now and has maybe the same themes of things that we look back on and we're like, oh, that's silly and outdated. It's not. Yeah. That's why. That's why there's like a spectrum of like Twilight books I'm comfortable consuming and like on one end of the spectrum is Midnight Sun and the other end of the spectrum is Life and Death and Twilight is in the middle. Twilight's in the middle. Eclipse is my favorite. Let's get into the bitch meter. We gotta meet that bitcher. Bitch meter. Okay. 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 All right, this is where we give it a number score on diversity and representation. What do we give it for queer? We gave it an NA. Even though um, we did all the work of making it queer. It was queer, but that's not Steph's fault. Right, that's what, we did that. Uh, for gender, we gave it a five. Listen to the episode. The women get to make all the decisions. That's hot. Yeah. For race, we gave it a one. Stephanie Meyer has a lot of racist tendencies in how she writes Native Americans. I explained that in honor of our listener who left a review about us not explaining things enough. Yeah, <laughs> so we love you. Thanks for leaving us a review. Yes, um, I'll talk about that in the next episode. Disability, we gave it an NA plus one because, because of Bonnie. Yeah, like they, there's, 
they there's know. a disabled character and it impacts yeah. her life but it doesn't like control her character it's yeah interesting that's kind of nice fellas fellas you know <laughs> stephanie meyer thinks that skinny <laughs> is pretty so and a minus one you know we gave it an na minus one there's this like gross scene where Bo is like edith is so hot I can count her ribs through her shirt. Ew. If you can count your ri- your goth GF's ribs through her their shirt. shirt, you should maybe like consider talking to them about how they're doing. Yeah, and maybe like take her out to dinner. For class, we gave it a two because at least for us, it was more palpable Beaufort's home life and how it affected him and. And, like, what it was actually like in terms of his experience, like, living with a single parent in two different households. I don't know. Also, the like, insider trading. I think maybe they just explicitly said, RG, like... <laughs> I think they actually explain, like, how they make their money. Um, yeah. It's ridiculous. And that gives us a final score of... <laughs> five out of ten. I think it's better than any of the other Twilights. Yeah, I think it did good. Um, I'm proud of her. Wow. Harris hot take? Yeah, we, we gotta call him. It's 11 o'clock. It's nighttime. Harris. Is Harris gonna be okay? I'm sorry. I'm not. A- All right, I guess we'll. We'll just. Should we ask Tucker for a hot take? Yeah, Tucker's hot take. Oh, he would be excited about that. I think he would. Hello? Hi, Tucker! Hello. Hi. Um. Okay. So I have someone here it's to say me. hi. It's Gaia. I'm Gaia. Um, Welcome. I'm so happy you're there. <laughs> hey. Hey, King. Guess what? You're on air. I'm on air. Oh, am I? Oh no. And we were wondering if this week you wanted to do a hot take for us. Oh, a hot take. I, I suppose I could do a hot take. Okay. Um, <laughs> what's we, the hot take on? So we are covering gender bent Twilight. Oh. Okay. And I just want to know, Tucker, what is your hot take on Gender Bent Twilight? Uh, so I haven't read, seen, listened to, or otherwise consumed this media. Except for talking to uh, me about it extensively. Except for talking about it right now and thinking about it in this moment. No, but also and I've told you about it. Yeah, I mean, I still and will always think that the dynamics in Twilight are really predatory and it's a very predatory relationship and mm-hmm. i think flipping the genders of it will probably in some ways highlight it because you don't expect um to see women acting in the mm. way that like edward and jacob are so i think that is a useful thing otherwise i don't know i, I think more twilight in the world isn't a bad thing and flipping the genders is a good way to uh remind people that hey this isn't all a fun and games thing very well said. Very well said. Very yeah. zesty. Oh. Look at you. There we go. I hope you have a good rest of the podcast. Okay. Have fun. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Harris, this is what happens when you don't pick up the phone. <laughs> Someone else gets to do the hot take. <laughs> Someone else gets the hot take. Oh, my God. Okay. Uh, what are you working on this week? <laughs> driving, driving to my new job. I was in Indiana this morning. Now I'm in New York City. And you will be in Maine tomorrow. And tomorrow I will be in Maine. Wow. I'm, oh, I'm not working on any... Oh, I'm in a show. I'm in a show and play. You know what? Actually, I undrawed a play recently. I'm really excited about it. Oh, my gosh. Something for, for all the the writers out there you know sometimes when you write something you think it's shit and then it's not 
I'm so proud For of anyone you. who's thinking about undrawing a play or forever drawing a play. Sometimes you need time away from something. Coming back to something that I haven't thought of in a while is cool because it's half written. I forgot where I was going with some of these things. Mm. So I'm just going to go mm. somewhere else. Somewhere I'm else. I'm just going to go wherever That's I'm going. That's awesome. It's kind of um, fun. I'm in a show right now for school. That's what I'm working on. Theater still exists. Theater exists, kind of. Kind of. Yeah. Um, Where can people find you? They, folks at home can find me on Instagram at Gaia Rose River or Gaia River Rose, depending on what they want from me. Um, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Nita underscore Thadani, T-H-A-D-A-N-I. You can follow the Bitch Why Podcast at Bitch Why Podcast on Instagram or Twitter, or you can email us at b.tchwhy at gmail.com. All the resources referenced will be in the show notes. Thank you to our editor and co-producer and gay god Cameron and our graphic designer Jillian. Good night, bitches. Good night, bitches. We're gonna eat dinner. <laughs>